0: and uh, turn to Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two, if you don't know where Luke is, um, you can look inside the uh, table of contents, first place in, first couple pages in your Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Luke is found in your New Testament, so you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and so we turn to, I'm going to turn to the pages in mine, Matthew, oh, there's Luke, it went too far, hold on. Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two. Uh, once you get to Luke, you have chapters in your Bible, so you should see first chapter, then the second chapter. Luke chapter number two. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible today, that's okay. We're going to put it up here on the screen. Uh, Luke chapter number two, we're going to put up on the screen. Um, so hopefully uh, at this point you're kind of getting there. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, thank you so much for... The fact that we can celebrate, we can come together as a church family and celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. Lord, this time together when we celebrate a Savior. Lord, this is such an impactful time in history, and Lord, it's an impactful time not just of what happened over 2,000 years ago, but Lord, for what happens even today, and how impactful it is today. And so, Lord God, I know that probably with all the hustle and bustle of the season, probably several of us came in here with a lot on our minds. And truth be told, we're going to leave here with a lot more on our minds than probably what we came. And so, Lord God, in this very moment, the the hope and the prayer is that whatever we came in with, we kind of let it fade away. And all the things that are on our minds of what needs to get done would fade away as well. So this hour, Lord God, we can focus only on one thing, and that's your son Jesus, who came as a savior for this world. And so Lord God, help me to not be distracted in any way, shape or form, but to focus solely on you. And Lord, I pray at the end of the service, Lord God, there will be many that will make a decision based upon the truth of what we see today. In your wonderful holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter number two, if you're either looking up on the screen at Luke chapter number two, or you're in your Bible looking at Luke chapter number two, if you're there, say, "I'm there, Amen. here we go. And it came to pass in those days there went a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. I was looking at a, at a quote Benjamin Franklin said, there are uh, uh, two things that are certain in life, death and taxes. Can I get an amen? Okay. Uh, and this taxing was the first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone unto his own city or to his uh, birth city or his lineage city. Okay. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, from Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it's the house and lineage of David, okay? So, so uh, he was born in Bethlehem. His descendants were born in Bethlehem. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, okay? So she was sure enough pregnant. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him and swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Verse ten. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold I bring you good tidings that word tidings means news. I bring you good news of Great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a say with me Savior, Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you: you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace." good will toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, where the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, that means they didn't they didn't wait around, they hit the trail, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it they made known abroad the sayings which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered, they were in awe and wonder, at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now here we go. We're going This is probably the most uh, the, the area where you're looking. Okay, I, I've heard this before, Buchanan. This is if anybody's going to tell you the the Christmas story, and I even hate to use the word story because it's history. Because when we say story, it means like it's a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. This actually happened. Can I get an amen? Okay, this is a a moment in time, a a moment in history, and, and, and so this is the Christmas the Christmas history. Let's say, let's say it that way. Uh, but the title of the the Christmas. Uh, Services today, or the the theme of today, go ahead and put that up there. Is a very merry Christmas, a very merry Christmas. Uh, there, I don't know if you saw it, but as we were reading, it, it, it seemed like people were extremely happy. They were excited. They were praising God. There was there was a, a level of joy in there. As we go back into uh, verse ten, verse ten, and this is where we're really going to focus on this morning. And the angel said to them, "Fear not." For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It was good news of great joy because we had a Savior. We had a Savior. Now, here's what's kind of interesting about that. In order to understand the importance of having a Savior, we need to understand why we need a Savior. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I need saving, the only way I, 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 I need, know that I need saving is, is I know there's a need that I need to be rescued, okay, if that makes sense. So, so I, I need, there, there's a Savior that's been provided and He's come, but on the other side, like, do, do I really understand that I need saving because I'm, I, I don't know if I'm in need, but yet we're all in great need. Because here's why I want to help everybody so we get straight to the point. What do I need? Why do I need a Savior? Because I'm a sinner. Say it with me. Because I'm a sinner. sinner. I'm a sinner. Now, let's kind of go back. We've got to go back to the beginning now. Go back to the very beginning from Genesis. Genesis. Because with this whole thing that, okay, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, what does that mean? Let's go back, let's go back to Genesis. So you have Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden. They have one rule. Look it up. One rule. They have one rule. And 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 then the one rule is there is a tree in that garden, and it is the knowledge of tree, knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, you can do everything you want to, but you cannot eat of that tree. And some of y'all know how the history goes. The story goes is that you know what? They had one rule, and yet even with just one rule, they broke that rule. They broke that rule. And, and here's what enters into the world at that point. The enters into the world, sin enters into the world. Whenever we do what we're not supposed to do, what clearly we're, not, what we're told not to do, whenever we disobey God, that is sin. And so sin entered into the world. But they had one rule, but yet they couldn't follow one rule. Well, let's keep on moving into your Bible. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Because, you know what, maybe the reason why they, they sinned is they didn't have enough rules And so in Exodus, we see that Moses, that God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And some people say, well, now it's one rule to ten rules. No, it's actually 613 rules. Because if you read the Ten Commandments, it goes on the law, 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 law. So there's hundreds of things they can't do and hundreds of things that they, they should do. So you have 613 laws. And guess what? They still broke them. They were still what? Starts with an S? Sinners. So it wasn't about the number of rules. Whether we have one rule or 630 rules, we still break the rules. Well, then you go on into history and there's a time, there's a book in your Bible called Judges. Because the reason why we don't follow the rules is because no one's there to enforce the rules. And so God brings a judge. And so there's an enforcer of the rules. And let me help you with this. Read the book of Judges. They enforce the rules in very, very... um, lethal ways i'll say it that way okay there, there was there was things were handled in very bluntly uh, directly in very costly ways and here's what happens is you read the book of judges and they did really good while the judge was there but once the judge died they did whatever was right in their own eyes they went right back to their sin went right back to their sin And so we we have one rule, there's still sinners. Many rules, there's still sinners. Even if somebody's there to enforce the rules, there's still sinners. Then they said, you know what? Here's a problem. We can't follow God. We can't follow God because He's up in heaven. He's the authority. You know what we need? We need an earthly authority. Give us a king. Give us a king. We'll follow a king. And so let's give you a king. And then what happens is, is, guess what? The king can't be everywhere at all times. So he, can't, he, he doesn't know what's always going on. That, that's a big difference between a heavenly king and an earthly king. Can I get an amen? Okay, God knows. He sees all, okay. All right. Hey, an earthly king. And here's another problem is that you have this earthly king that's the authority, but the problem is, is that they're sinners too. And so looking down at the kings, every single one of them have sin in their life. Even the one David, a man after God's own heart, yes, he was also a murderer and an adulterer. So now we see. So now we see. We can't have an earthly king because, first of all, they don't follow an earthly king, and second of all, even the kings themselves are wretched. Well, here's the thing. Here's Here's what, I, I wouldn't sin if I knew the consequences. If I knew the consequences of my sins, then I would never sin. But here's what happens. So there's a there's a, a, a time in our history where God provided prophets. And here's what those prophets said. Here, you need to turn from your wicked ways and follow the Lord. If you don't, you will be taken into captivity. You will be taken into bondage. You will be taken out of your land that that, that God has given you. You will be taken out of your land. And for some of y'all, there's a portion of that we are taken out of captivity that never come back. And the prophet said, This is what's coming. This is what's coming. This is what's coming. But yet they still, what's the S word? sinned. And that actually happened. They were under bondage and in captivity, and they were taken away. So wait a second. So so here, what you're telling me is that it's not about the number of rules I have. It's not about if there's somebody to enforce it. There's, it's not about the fact of, of looking at an earthly king versus a heavenly king. And it's not about even knowing the consequences of that, because in all those situations, even though there was less rules, Morals, an enforcement, some authority, earthly authority, and a prophet saying, hey, if you don't do this, it's going to get bad. In every situation, in every opportunity, they still, what's that S word? They still sin. They still sin. Now, I don't know about you, but you're like, Buchanan, this doesn't sound very merry right now. This sounds hopeless. This sounds like we are with no hope. And guess what? That's exactly right. We are hopeless. We have no hope whatsoever because any type of human effort, never, ever, ever in human effort can I stop from being a. Now let's, let's put an ER on there, okay? So you never stop me from being a what? Sinner. Nothing. Nothing. Like, in, in, in all my human effort, uh, for every single time, when it's all said and done, I'm always going to sin. Now, here's what happens. Somebody, some of y'all are like, I don't, do we have to keep, keep saying that word, Buchanan? Do we have to keep calling ourselves that? That just really makes, now, here's, what, here's what we're doing. We're not, calling, we're not calling ourselves that. We're calling those Old Testament people that, okay? Them wretched old sinners, okay? Because we say, okay, we're all sinners, We're all sinners. And you say, well, Buchanan, I'm not a sinner. I'm a pretty good person. And how do we compare that? Here's to say, hey, I'm a pretty good person. You should see my brother-in-law. By the way, I don't have a brother-in-law. Okay, so we're good. All right? You should see my brother-in-law. I know around the Christmas season, somebody's got that crazy uncle or whatever, and you're like, boy, I'm glad I'm not like him. I just snorted, by the way. I don't know why I did that. Okay? But the brother-in-law. Or, you know what, um, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm pretty good compared to my friends who I thought were my friends, but now they're enemies, whatever. Okay, I'm pretty good compared to them. Or whether it be, hey, hey Buchanan, why don't you, why don't, when, once Christmas break it over, why don't you come to my school? I promise you I'm a lot better than the people at my school. Or even worse, come to my workplace. But because Buchanan, I'm much better than the people in my workplace. But here's the problem why we can't understand if we're sinners, because here's the problem. We're comparing ourselves with the wrong person. We're comparing ourselves with the wrong person. We're comparing ourselves to that family member or to that friend or to that classmate or to that coworker, and in reality, the only person we can compare ourselves to to recognize whether we're sinners or not is God. The only person we can compare ourselves to. And let me help you with this. This is Bible. This is Bible. Every time I compare myself with God, every time you compare yourself with God, you will always come up short. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because here's what God is. God is perfect. God is holy. God is sinless. Just so everybody's clear on this, turn to your neighbor and say, You're a sinner. Okay, Just in case anybody's wondering, all right? Hey, some of y'all enjoy that way too much. All right, here we go. All right. But when I look at God, okay, and I'm not trying to make light of it. What I'm trying to help everybody understand is just to accept it. Okay. But when I look at God, He's holy, righteous, wonderful, sinless, and I'm a sinner, I'm always going to come up short. I'm always going to come up short. And so now we see, okay, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Even if you didn't acknowledge it. Some of y'all, what's funny in the first service and even now, it's like, y'all don't want to say it too loud. You're a sinner. Whether you say it quiet or you say it loud does not change the fact that that's what we are. We're sinners. Now you're like, Buchanan, why are you doing this? Why? It's like you're bringing us down. The reason why I'm bringing you down to the point of recognizing you're a sinner, because once you recognize a sinner, you understand your need for a Savior. You understand your need for a savior. We've got to get to a point in our lives where you know what? The only way, reason why, in any way, shape, or form, I'm able to, to see heaven and escape hell is not because of anything I did. Because I'm sinner, I'm wretched, I'm horrible, I'm nasty. But when because of God, I have a savior, and I can because of He, he I, I need rescue. He saves me. Amen. And let me help you with this. You know what that does? That brings great joy to my life. To know that. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. I used to think, I used to think the reason why people didn't didn't accept Jesus as their Savior is because they didn't feel like they needed Him. I used to think that way. I used to think that way. Now, some of you are like, that's exactly why I, I don't accept Jesus, is because I don't need Him, Buchanan. But yet, we go searching in our lives to find fulfillment, to find fulfillment. Notice this. Let's use an example, okay? Yeah, uh, uh, here's how I find fulfillment because of that girl or because of that guy, and and it you know I, I, I'm, I'm, when I when I date this person or date that person, then that's going to bring fulfillment to me. And then when in reality, what happens is is that girl you thought was great and wonderful, two weeks later you hate her guts, or his guts, all right? Well, then we say, well, what it is, it's not just about dating. It's about finding the one in marriage. And that's going to give me fulfillment when I find that person in marriage. And then we get into marriage, and, and, and that marriage made in heaven is looking a lot different. And we still feel unfulfilled even in our marriages. Well, then what we say is, you know what, it, it, it's, about, it's about the job I have or the career I have. We, 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 we get out of high school and maybe we go to college or, or we go into a trade or we get a job and, man, as soon as I'm out from under the yoke of my parents, and boy, when I get my, do this and I do that, man, it's going to be great. I'm going to feel so fulfilled. And then we don't. Some of us look at it in Substances. We say, you know what, maybe, 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 the, maybe the alcohol or, or, or maybe the drugs, and even from this standpoint, maybe not finding fulfillment, but maybe take the edge off life a little bit. Like I'm going to do the alcohol and I'm going to do the drugs, and then here, here's, if I do a drug, then maybe, maybe that's, that didn't give me fulfillment. Well, I'll try something a, a little stronger, a little stronger, a little stronger, a little bit more alcohol, a little bit more drugs, and then we don't find fulfillment there. Yeah. Let me say this. You all are going to think, oh, what are you saying? We look for fulfillment in a church. We look for fulfillment in a church. We think that the church is going to do this and do that for our lives, and then in reality, it it, it, it doesn't measure up because, you know what, church is filled with a bunch of flawed people that that don't do what they're supposed to do and don't help me and don't care for me and all this kind of stuff. And then we like, well, you know, and here's what we'll do. The person I'm dating doesn't give me fulfillment, so I'll go date somebody else. The, the, marriage, the, the marriage doesn't give me fulfillment, so I'll divorce that person and find somebody else. The job or career is not giving me fulfillment, so what I'll do is I'll, is I'll find a different job or find a different career. You, you know, the, the, like I said, with, the, with, with, with substances, alcohol or drugs or something like that, I'll find a different drug. I'll find more alcohol. Maybe it was beer and now it's hard liquor or whatever it may be. Maybe it's not the fact that I drink once a day, but I drink every single part of the day. And that's supposed to take the edge off of the, here's, here's, let me help with this All right here, ready, ready? Uh, that church is not fulfilling me, so I'll just find another church. Let me help you with this. Let me help you with this, and, and, and I really want to help you with this. None of those things are ever going fi- to bring fulfillment to your life. None of those things are ever going to bring fulfillment to your life. There's only one thing that brings fulfillment to your life. Let me be more specific. There's only one person that can bring fulfillment to your life, and his name is Jesus. Can I get an Amen. Here's what, and I, and I want to be real transparent here. Even this week, even this week, this week, this week, I felt very alone. Well, you have a my mom's right here. Hey, mom. Okay, my mom's here. I have a wife. I have kids. I have a job. Okay, I have a church. And this week, I felt very alone. And I was like, why? Why do I? why do I feel very alone? Because here's the thing, I was trying to put all my emphasis on these areas of my life, thinking that that was going to fill me, thinking that that was going to help, when in reality, here's what I figured out, I'm not alone. Now you're like, well, because you realized you had a mom, and you realized you have a wife, and you realized you have kids, and you realized they have a church, and you have a job. No, it's because I realized that I have Jesus. That's That's what I realized. I realized I had Jesus. And for me, for me, that was, and here's, here's, everybody needs to get this, okay? For me, that was enough. That was enough. I had Jesus. Like, w- when we look at it and we go, uh, so many times in this season, uh, and I'm not trying to throw off on it because my kids are going to get Christmas presents, hopefully your kids are going to get Christmas presents, all that kind of stuff, and everybody's going to be like, ah! you know, on Christmas morning. We were talking to our kids yesterday. And they could not even remember what they got for Christmas last year. Last year they couldn't even remember. Here's the sad part. Let me, let me help you. With this we couldn't remember what they got for last year. <laughs> so, so what am I saying that? Am I saying don't give your kids gifts? Give your kids gifts. But here's the thing. You know what that joy is? Oh, this is great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what that joy is on Christmas morning? It's temporary. It's temporary. The very thing that brings us joy on Christmas morning either brings us misery later, because some of you are like, yeah, i got to pay for that in January, February, March, April, May. It brings us misery later, or it's forgotten. Or it's forgotten. But yet Jesus, oh, come on. But yet Jesus is eternal joy. Eternal joy. Forever. That once you receive, here's what's really cool. Some of y'all need to, need to hear this, okay? Once you receive Jesus, you have him forever. And let me help you with this too. Oh, my goodness, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> First service is so missed out, okay? All right? Well, here's the thing. You have him forever, and I promise you, this is what's going to fulfill you. This is what's going to sustain you. Jesus, and here's, here's the thing. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. So, so here, here's my question. Here's my question. And you've got to answer this question. And, and, and here's what's interesting is that every single person has to answer this question honestly. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? I didn't ask about if, if, your, if, your, if your family has put your faith and trust in Jesus. I didn't ask about your church membership. I didn't ask anything about that. I said, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Or have you put your faith and trust in something else? Have you put it in your marriage? Have you put it in your kids? Have you put it in your job? I know you all think I'm crazy when I say this. Have you put it in this church? Or have you put, in, put your faith and trust in Jesus? Because here's the deal. Everybody has to come to that place. Everybody has to come to that place. Now, when we talk about, now, how do you do that, Buchan? Buchanan. How do, how do we do that, Buchanan? And, and I, I had a great opportunity. I had a wonderful opportunity. 19-year-old, um, uh, I'm going to call him a kid. Don't, be, don't don't get offended, okay? Don't tell him I said that, by the way, okay? <laughs> a 19-year-old kid. I got to lead him to Christ after the second service last Sunday, which is amazing, which is awesome, which is great. And here's what I told him. How do I put my faith and trust in Jesus? He, that's what he asked me. He said, how do I put my faith and trust in Jesus? I said, it's easy as ABC. It's easy as ABC. Number one Admit you're a sinner. Admit you're a sinner. Here's what's really interesting. When we had that conversation, he started with his sin first. He started with his sin first. Admit you're a sinner. Now, again, we don't like to say that word. We don't want to, but here's what what, I want to help you with. with, We need to admit our sinner because right now there's somebody in this room that's under Holy Spirit conviction. Holy Spirit conviction. Now, let me explain what conviction means. That means, you know what? I'm a sinner. And, ooh, I feel it. Okay, I feel it. I'm not talking about you understanding it here. I'm talking about you understanding it here. I, I, that, that we need to admit that we're a sinner. And so many people don't like conviction. A lot of times what happens when we get convicted, whether it's, whether it's about our sin or just the message or whatever, you know what our, our natural tendency is to? Run. Run from it. Run from it. I, I'm feeling convicted. I don't like the way this feels, Buchanan, so I'm just going to run from it. When in reality, what we need to understand is, you know what conviction is? It's a form of love. It's a form of love. Think about this. God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay in your sinful condition. God loves you so much that he's bringing conviction to your heart. And here, so, so you have a, a God that's saying, hey, you know what? I love you so much that I want you to feel the weight of your sin. I want you to recognize you're a sinner and admit that because here's the deal. When you admit you're a sinner, you realize you need a Savior. So we've got to admit that. When, if you're in a Holy Spirit conviction right now, don't run from it. Don't ignore it. Listen to it. Listen, listen to it. Admit we're a sinner, okay? B, we've got to believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose up three days for your sins. Like we we don't we need to understand this. That Jesus didn't just die for us, Jesus died instead of us. You know what the you know what the penalty for sin is? Death and hell. And I'm not trying to 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 back up from this issue. If you, if you die in your sin without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you go to hell. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you die and go to where heaven it's as simple as that now everybody's saying, well why would a, why, why, would a, why would a loving God send anybody to hell? nobody sins or excuse me God doesn't send anybody to hell. We make that choice on our own. We're a sinner. I admit I'm a sinner b I got to believe I got to believe that Jesus put his put, put, Jesus died on a cross. Three days later, rose up in victory over sin. I'm putting my faith and trust, not in me, not in what I've done or the good deeds I'm going to do or how many Christmas presents I'm giving Body, I'm not putting my trust in that. I'm putting my trust in what Jesus did. Can I get an amen? Okay. Lastly, lastly, we have to confess. We have to confess. Let's go back to our scripture real quick. Let's go back to our scripture real quick. And this is where some people want want to shy away from this and all that kind of stuff. But let's go back to verse 10. Chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. That means good news. By the way, another way to say the gospel is good news. Of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Confess. Confess Him as Savior and Lord of your life. Savior and Lord of your life. Because here's, I was, we, were talk, we were looking at this the other day. We were looking at the Ten Commandments. And so many times when we look at God, we look at God as he is telling us, like he's, 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 he's trying to take all the fun out of life. Okay? That, man, I I'll put my faith and trust in Jesus, but then I'd have to stop doing this and stop doing that. Man, that sounds really boring. But here's what I, what, what I realized when it comes to what God has kind of put us there. Here's the, here's the deal. You know what God has given us? Boundaries. Boundaries. Now, as much as we don't like to be called sinners, we definitely don't like boundaries, do we? But yet, in reality, we need boundaries. We need boundaries. Now, we would tell you, if, if, if we would say, if, if there was a little child, um, a little Noah, I think he's what, a little over one? Okay? If we said, Noah... Have fun with the world. You know what we would call Cameron and Alyssa? Bad parents. (laughs) Okay? Because they're just, hey, good luck, Noah. All right? But but in reality, what we do is, is we give him boundaries, not because we hate him, but because we what? Love him. So God gives us boundaries because God loves us. And, and so when we look at it and we go, well, you know, if I put my faith and trust in Jesus, then all the things I'm going to have to give up and all the things I'm going to have to do and all that kind of stuff, here's in reality, you know what, that's great because God loved you enough to give you boundaries so that you could flourish, so you could have a great life. So here we go. And the reason why I say that is because we, we, he doesn't need to just be your Savior. He needs to be your Lord. He needs to be someone that, that, that can guide you and direct you and help you to, to, to let me say, help you this thing to, to, to get true fulfillment out of your life because of what Jesus has done for you. And you're motivated by what Jesus has done to be able to then tell others about him. He's his ABC. Admit, admit you're a sinner. Admit you're a sinner. Believe. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the sins, died, died on the cross for your sins and rose up three days later in victory of the sins. And number three, confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come on up, Mark. Come on up, Mark. <clears throat> so here's the question. Here's the question. Alright? Will now, because here's what I want to help you with. A very merry Christmas. On that day, it was a very merry Christmas. Just from the standpoint of what we read in those 20 verses in chapter 2, would everybody agree that that was a very merry Christmas? Can I get an amen? Okay? Now, here's what I want to help you with. It can be a very merry Christmas for you, too. It can be a very merry Christmas for you, too. But you have to put your faith and trust in him. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask a simple question. Now here's what I want to help you with. I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about a prayer you prayed one day. I'm not talking about your church membership. I'm not talking about how involved